Hey humans, how's it going? Susan Ruth here. Thanks for listening to another episode of Hey Human Podcast. Please excuse my scraggly voice. I had a pretty bad chest cold last week. So, you know, I sound like this now. Uh, I'm just now getting over it. Uh, This is episode 175. I recorded it in Los Angeles and I sat down with Pam in her apartment. Uh, There's a lot of extra noise happening. I think I weeded it out pretty good, but you might hear a dog drinking water or the air conditioning or some street noise going by, but that's just a day in the life of Pam. I was told about Pam through a mutual friend, Rich, and he said, oh, you have to talk to her. She's really interesting. She's had quite a life, and indeed she has. And so there's nothing super, there is, okay, I lie. There's one kind of dramatic, pretty dramatic thing that happens to Pam, but the arc of her life is not one that's blow your hair back, oh my gosh, somebody's jumping out of an airplane kind of feeling. But to me, it was really interesting because, you know, we are a world made up of people just living their lives. And I think that's important to remember on a lot of levels. Um, She talks about how some events that happened to her, uh, what they did to her personality or how they, you know, made her feel, I should say. And uh, it's just a good reminder that everyone's fighting a battle. You know, we've all, we've all trying to get through our day. We're all just doing the best that we can for the most part. I mean, some of us aren't trying very hard, true, but most of us are trying hard to just get through the day and, and be the best people we can be. And we're all fallible, um, you know? Anyway, that was a minute of philosophical uh, thought. So <laughs> she talks about her mom and her dad and her grandparents. Um, I asked her to give me some pictures of her mom and dad. So I'm, and I'm going to try and get some pictures of her grandparents. But if you want to check those out, I'm going to post them on uh, Facebook and Instagram. So at Hey Human Podcast. So definitely check that out. Um, there is a moment where I screwed up an Instagram address. Um, Pam, there's an Instagram, it's a hashtag, it's not like an at, that is so funny, and we talk about it, but I, I cut in to the episode because I got it wrong, and I wanted to make sure that it was corrected. So to find what I'm referring to, not only will you find it on the links page on heyhumanpodcast.com, but also if you just go to Instagram and you do a search for hashtag passiveaggressivepam, you will find it and look for the one that's got over 164 posts. Um, it's hilarious. You won't regret it. Usual stuff. Just mentioned social media. Uh, so also Susan at HeyHumanPodcast.com is how you email me. The HeyHumanPodcast.com website is where you'll find the links page. I curate a links page for every episode and things we talk about and places we talk about, books, whatever, that's going to go on that links page. Definitely check that out. A lot of information. Uh, also on the website is the Amazon portal. If you like Hey Human, which you're listening, so that's a good start, uh, and you want to help support Hey Human, please do so by when you shop Amazon, as most of you probably do. If you do it through that Amazon portal on the Hey Human podcast website, uh, it helps support Hey Human. If you just go through that portal, you shop like normal, and there's an algorithm that says, oh, this person went this way, and it kicks back a couple pennies uh, to Hey Human, which is great. 
uh, rate and review Hey Human on iTunes. And uh, that's also really great. <laughs> I feel like I'm asking a lot, but you know, doing the best I can, uh, as we all are. I mentioned that earlier. Thank you for listening. Uh, I think that's about it. So let's get into it. And uh, here we go. Hi, Pam. Hi. Welcome to Hey Human. <laughs> I was introduced to you through uh, Rich, who uh, he was one of my instructors, one of my teachers at Second City, and he's a tenant here right. in this building that you manage. Yes. And you've been here? 16 years. 16 years. And how long have you been in Los Angeles? I was born and raised in Hollywood. Wow. So. I bet you've seen 70, some things. 74 and a half years. 74. Wow, you look great. Thank you. That's a very California thing of you to be, is looking much younger than you are. Yeah, I'll be 75 in January. I can't believe it. My oldest will be, is just turned 55. Wow. And the other one's 52. That's so crazy. I'm going to scoot to the mic a little bit closer to you. And my, grand, my oldest grandson's be 28 in December, so it's like, where did it go? Wow. <laughs> yeah. And you've lived your whole life. <laughs> Excuse me. Um, what part of town did you grow up in? Hollywood. Oh, okay. Hollywood till I was 13, then we moved to Eagle Rock. Oh, I like Eagle Rock. I do too. And yeah. we lived in Eagle Rock till I was about 18 or 19. We stayed, I stayed there, then I got married and all that stuff. And everything changed? Yeah, for about four or five years. I had two kids within five years. Uh-huh. And then I was happily going to get a divorce. Ah, yes. Yeah. And are you married, single? I've been divorced 45 years. Ah, happily. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, people say get married. I said maybe in my late 80s. I'm not, I don't want to. Do you date much? I date, but it's just, it's just like, you know, been there, done it. I mean, I talk to men all the time, and I love them dearly. It's just I have too much to do right now. What do you do? I do. Um, I've been a contractor, general contractor, since 82. Yeah, I was a general contractor. So I did that, but now I do. I'm working on a house, and then I'm taking care of an apartment building over in Bellflower that had water damage. So I took care of that. I just do, you know, people call me up and say, you want to do something? I manage this thing. I manage um, Strip Mall over on Beverly Boulevard. So I just stay busy. Yeah, that's great. That's probably yeah. why you look young. I, I just enjoy it. If yeah. people say it's work, it's, it's fun to me. Yeah. Tell me some of the funny things that have happened in this building that stick out to you. One girl was sleepwalking, and she didn't have all, she had her T-shirt on, and she was just kind of, lost so she came up and I gave her a key to her apartment then another one called a long time ago and she was um she said hi is I can't remember his name it was like 10 12 years ago is so-and-so here I can't get in touch with him and I said well he moved out she goes I just want to tell him he's a father <laughs> <laughs> you, you know he did not plan on being a oh father did the sleepwalker wake up when she mm -hmm. oh okay yeah. so she woke up and was said like, oh my yeah, god I'm out of my upset. apartment yeah but very nice lady. It's just things, you know, happen. Wow, that would be scary. Yeah, she was. It was very scary for her. Yeah, dangerous. Because, you know, it's just, it's uncomfortable. You don't know, you know, you're kind of disoriented and stuff. Wow, I'm glad she had the wherewithal to come mm -hmm. to see you. Yeah. yeah, they all do. I mean, it's just different things. Do you become sort of a, a house mom yeah. in a way? Mm -hmm. Whether they like it or not? Or <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's, I mean, I understand them and I care about them and I, give, I care, have dog bones for the dogs. You know, because they come up to me and they follow me around and they know I give them dog bones. Yeah. You know, so it's it's cute. This one girl lived in an apartment three sixteen years ago and she swore somebody was in her closet. 
and I t and I, re I don't remember her name. She was she moved back to New York, and I said, "There's no no one could get in your your apartment. It's three stories up." So she said, "Please, I know he's in the closet," and I said, "It must be Spider Man or something," but there was no one there. Aww. She was scared to death. Scared to death. Was that something that it was at daytime? Did she wake up at a night? Dream she woke up and she said, "There's someone in the bedroom closet," and I said, "It can't be. You're home." No one, oh. you know. <clears throat> but Although I have read crazy stories about people hiding in the air ducts and things. Oh yeah, people have gotten stuck in the the pool room. They've gotten stuck in certain places. Stuck. Yeah. You know, I mean, they've locked themselves oh. up. They're constantly locking themselves up. Yeah. You know? But all the tenants in general are nice. There a lot of them came from Second City from Rich. Oh really? He brought in the crew. Yeah. Oh, isn't that interesting? They're nicest bunch of people. Yeah. They're all very nice. Okay. I've met a few uh, folks. Uh, he does karaoke. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and he invited me and a couple of people from my group, from my class, to to go and check it out. <laughs> and so and everybody that was there was just really lovely. Human nice beings. people. Yeah. yeah, for sure. A few times they've done rehearsing down there, and a couple of the tenants called because they were afraid they, they were going to call the police because some of the people rehearsing get really loud. Yeah, there can be a lot of yelling yeah. and screaming and, so and they thought, singing so they, and all sorts yeah, of strange things. So they thought things. something was happening. I said, no, it's just they're rehearsing. Yeah. You know, so <laughs> the old, the people been here a long time don't, you know, they like their peace and quiet. Sure. But there's new, there's at least 20 people moved in. How many people live here all? There's 54 apartments, so there's about 150, you figure two or three in each apartment. I bet you could write a book. I've always wanted to, but I just don't have patience to sit. So when Rich told me about you, he said, you have to go check out this Instagram. Hashtag passive aggressive Pam. And it's letters you've written to, Fast. <laughs> written to tenants and stuck on the walls and the elevators and the guard, you know, talk about that for a second, because that cracked me because up. I don't understand. When you take out the trash, you don't have to drag it through the hallway to make your trail because I will find you. So I do. So I put a note there that I found them. And then I said, the person who dumped all the cat litter, are you kidding me? Because it went all over the trash room. So I said, and then another one that threw there and then when I had all the things shut, I took it to her front door. And she said, it wasn't hers, it wasn't her, blah, blah, blah. And I said, just look at the envelopes, it is you. So then she shut the door on my face, and I don't care. And um, but they drop food down the stairway. Why? You know. And then one guy, I said, whoever left the mess. Oh no, I called him some name. I said, what do you not get? I put in, and you threw all the food there. And I said, you're a jackass. He called up. He goes, I'm the jackass. And he said it really low. I said, I can't hear you. He said, I'm the jackass. I said, what do you mean? He said, because I left all this stuff there. I said, but why? He said, because I was in a hurry. I said, yeah, but I'm not your maid. You know, I, I don't mind, I mean. Who I, started the Instagram with I all think, your. I think Corey, Corey did. Okay, with all the letters. Mm -hmm. yeah. So mm -hmm. I, everyone listening, <laughs> go, if you have Instagram. Somebody, go. I mean, somebody did it and they, they said to check it and I said, oh my God. And some say. Have you, you gone know, to look at it? I looked, well, some people, my daughter looked at it. She said, somebody said that you're a bitch. I said, I don't care. Come over here and clean up this building and they'll understand me being a bitch. And I'm not a bitch. I mean, I care about everybody. I bring dog bones to everybody. I do this and that. People are going through locked out of the place. I have to stop what I'm doing to come back home and open the doors for them. So give me a break. 
That's all I ask. Give me a break. But they will make The letters are classic, though. They're so <laughs> wonderful. You're, you're like a combination of, of a mom that is pissed at her teenage kid and the, the roommate that is fed up with the dishes in the sink combined. And well, I told one to, that I was going to get a U-Haul for him and take him to the Mojave Desert. And that way he could live the way he wants to live. Or move in a cage. I don't care. But why make a mess? I do, and then it's always after I clean up the place, they get right behind me, they got to make a mess. So I told one, I will definitely get the U-Haul down the street, put all the furniture and take them to another city. I don't care. But, you know, nobody says anything. They just, one time somebody threw something. And the guy said, do you have any idea that she has eyes all over the place? She will find you. And it's not, it's just, it's just, I have fun, but it's the principle of it. Come Absolutely. on. You know. <laughs> They're just hilarious. I really, I was tickled reading all of them. So at Passive Aggressive Pam, and I'll put a link to that. It's so funny. I've been quiet lately. Somebody says, why is she so quiet? And I said, I'm, don't worry about it. I'll be back. Yeah. And then I was nice in one, and somebody said, why are you being so nice? I said, I thank somebody because he did something. And then the clown took it off afterwards. So I said, imbecile. <laughs> but um, I'm not your maid. No, I get it. I mean, I've chased Grubhub people out of here because they go bouncing down the hallway. Maybe it with coffee, boom, boom, everywhere. I said, what in the hell are you doing? So I just, I ha they have to walk out. Yeah. You know, I said, get the fuck, get out. Just go, just go. <laughs> You know, so I mean, if you, I just, I, and they, and they say, Pam, I can't get mad at you. I'm having fun, you know. But you know, it's just, it is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> Who was the strangest tenant you ever had? This man, and when he and his wife moved out, yes. he wrote me a long letter about the love he had for me. <gasps> you know, he still texts me, and I text him, but I said, you know, slow down, Turbo. Yeah. Life goes on. You gotta do what you gotta do. I mean, you know, I'm not 25 years old, 35, 45, 55. You figure almost 75, and people are, you know, are just, they're men. I joke around with them. I like joking around with men. Do you use dating apps? Mm-mm. No. No. <laughs> I just meet people in different places, but it's just, you know, I'm not gonna love like I loved so many years ago. It's yeah. just, it just, I like the friendship. Yeah, that makes I have, sense. I've had friends since I was 13 years old. I still talk to them. You know, I see, I talk to them on their birthdays. I talk to them during the year. And um, sometimes maybe the wives get mad, but oh. they're my friend. Yeah. I, you know, it's it's like, get over it. Yeah. So you have a lot more guy friends than mm -hmm. girlfriends. Yeah. I understand that. It's just from so many, I mean, I was boy crazy when I was seven years old. You know, <laughs> I like boys, you know. I mean, I just... At Fine Street Elementary, I had boyfriends. Who was your first great love? Again, I can't say names, but he is, uh, it was from Vine Street, you know, this this kid, boy. Uh, in first, your block or in your in, At Vine Street, at the school. Oh, okay. He was my first boyfriend. Oh. He was sweet, very sweet, and he I've seen pictures of him, and he still looks good. Oh, yeah? Mm -hmm. Do you ever think about reconnecting? He's married, and he's, he's a very well-known hairdresser okay very well but he's he's just you know he's he was a very he's very handsome i saw him one time i've seen him you know is it paul mitchell no no <laughs> it's the only hairdresser i could think of mm -hmm. off the top of my head but um but he's you know that was you know like my first and nobody got near him none of the girls i would tell them you don't get near him Ooh, were you feisty oh yeah oh 
yeah. I was raised by my grandparents. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so. How come? My mother and father were busy. All right. Know, just when I was, we lived on Waring Avenue <clears throat> when I was born, and that was across the street from that El Centro orphanage. In, in where I just moved here. So oh, I'm sorry. No, Marilyn Monroe was lived there. Oh, I didn't know she grew up in an orphanage. She part of sometimes she was in the oh, orphanage. Yeah. Interesting. It's El Centro. There's a different name for it now, but it's on El Centro near Waring Avenue. And I remember when I was five or six years old, I would go across the street to the orphanage, you know, to where the fence was, and all the little kids. It, it's very sad. They'd be standing at the fence and want. And I say, can you come out? And they said, no, we can't come out. Oh, it is sad. Very sad. And they finally had built real tall bushes so they can't do that. And that was in the 50s. Wow. You know, so that was 70, um, it was 68 years ago. And this place is still there. Is it still an orphanage? It's some kind of a home for fulfillment thing. If you look, it's still there. I'll check it out. Right on the corner of El Centro. But, um, My dad went to Hollywood High. My mother went to Hollywood High. Yeah, he... Uh, so I have to, I need to drive by and look at it. And it was interesting. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember we lived across the street. We lived in like a three courts. And uh, and my mother and father, it was weird. My mother and father lived in one apartment, one court, one apartment. My, my grandmother and my grandfather and, and my sister, me, lived in the other one across the way. Interesting. But we didn't, you know, my mother worked for Paramount Studios. So she was busy working. My father was just doing different jobs. So. What did your mom do for Paramount? Secretary. Oh, okay. Did she you? Was a, yeah. Yeah. She was a secretary. She, I think she started in the late 40s, 50s. So you were around when the Black Dahlia murders happened? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do, you, do you remember that? I remember when people talk about it. I remember I drive by that place where they say all this happened, mm. you know, down on Franklin. Yeah. But who knows if it was true or not. My mother worked for Paramount Street. She worked for Cecil B. DeMille for the Ten Commandments. So that was in the early 50s. So she was part of his, his secretary, part of the secretarial pool for that. Did you get to go in the lots? Mm -hmm. We went to the lots all the time. Do you have we any? saw Desi Arnaz yeah. doing the filming. You know, filming the, with the camera, doing that with I Love Lucy. Mm -hmm. and we'd sit in the bleachers, and then they had that heckle voice. You know, if you ever listen to I Love Lucy, you'll hear a heckle in the background. So there was somebody sitting there that always did, ha, 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 you know, laugh. But we saw Eve Arden, December Bride, Danny Tom, all of them. Oh, Danny Thomas. I love Danny Thomas. Yeah. yeah. A lot of them at Desi Lou Studios. Did it was you, fun. Did you want to be an actor when you were a kid? To be, what did I want? I, I just wanted to have fun, be a kid. I liked being a kid. How did you come to be a contractor? My lovely father, um, in 1976 or 8, he was doing construction on old apartment buildings for the community redevelopment. So he asked me to come back and help him. So I worked with him for two years, and it was slave. Or it was just so hard. I mean, he would have me, he would just have me do things that most women don't do, you know. I mean, tear off the kitchen counter and it's full of tile and lath and plaster. And I'd ask him, he'd say, go get me a two by four and a four. I said, what in the hell is he saying? So I'd have to, I said, what are you talking? He'd, he'd say it one time and then start screaming. <laughs> so I learned quick, you know, just to do. So um, then when about two years later, I said, I'm going to be a contractor. He said, you'll never be a contractor. Never. I said, okay, got that over with. And then I moved to Laguna Beach, and I worked with this girl. 
and we did like um, when the part before the houses you move in the car you know they have to do the carpet and clean the windows so we named my name my company Lady Godiva huh. so we would clean all these things and I watched all these contractors and I said I definitely am going to be a contractor so in 82 I studied and everything I went to school Lumblow some school and um, got my contractor's license in 82 then I said I'm going to get my engineering to work on the freeways and I got that and then I got my hazardous about a year later so I have all three licenses. That's I so can cool. remove underground tanks. I worked on Caltrans on the freeways for about two years. Did you find um, mm -hmm. third issues because you were a woman? Did you have to do Bad. That? Nasty. Oof. Like what? Well the building inspectors would corner me in elevators and that was in the 80s. They don't do it now but they did it then. And then I said, if I do something to you, that means I got to do it to all the earthquake inspectors. I said, I'm not, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. And then, and we were in, in furniture companies where there was a freight elevator, you know, these big freight elevators. And um, I just stood my grounds with all of them. Caltrans, the same thing. Big harassment. You know, they just, you know, they said, you want to be a female contractor? Okay. And they just, they, they really tortured me. How did you get through that? I just I just stood up to them, though I argued with some of them. You seem like a pretty tough broad, though. <laughs> I mean, I, I dealt with something in the community. Yeah, I mean, it's just when I was walking and I was doing a job in Lancaster, and I stopped and the, one of the Caltrans employees bumped into me. I said, do it again. I dare you to do it again, and I will remove certain parts of you. Oh, wow. Were you, but, so did you... Were you part of the cleanup during the big earthquake? Was that 89? It was a big ripoff. Because a lot of them were hired to do chimney work and all that stuff. And they were basically, none of them had a contractor's license. Mm -hmm. You know, they were just going in there and ripping off people. So it was a big scan. I just, you know, I was doing enough with, you know, with that, with the earthquake. Then I did post offices. So I built about six or eight inside post offices. Interesting. Yeah. And was harassed by them, the inspectors there too. By postal people? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. I did. He get. I had a punch list, and it was like fifty some things. And then I, and then I did them. He said, "You know, I'm going to give you fifty more." I said, "Really?" So I called him names. <clears throat> I never worked for the post office after that. You know, I just am not going to be treated that way. No, absolutely. You know, I mean, when you. It's just, I mean, and it was hard work. I mean, the, doing the post office, all the interior and some parts of the area were not the safest, you know, so I didn't have to. I mean, I proved myself and a lot of them said, you got balls, lady. And I said, I've worked hard for them. I enjoyed working. My kids, when I started making money, had a good life, you know, so I was divorced. It's, I was married at 64 and, and divorced, no, 64 and, and divorced, yeah. 69, 70. So a pretty short marriage. Mm -hmm. Was that? Because a, I want, I just didn't want to be. Married. You just didn't want to be married or because? I, I had enough. You're an independent person. No, I just, it, it just, I wanted to be happy. Mm. And he wasn't mm -mm. the person. Uh -uh. That happens. Yeah, it just, it's just, he is what he is. I'm glad for the kids. You know, and basically I wanted kids. So I have, you know, my two kids and, um, and it's okay. So Richard mentioned that um, you had a boyfriend die of, you were held at gunpoint and... Well, it wasn't, it, it was an acquaintance and I had, I had a, do you know where Highland and Willoughby is? Sure. Okay, that, you know, where it's a Starbucks? 
I built that. I, the old gas station was there. It was an old Gilmore gas station in the 40s, third 40s. So I rented at least it from the lady that owned it. So I put like that, when you see them drive through there, I built that for a hand car wash, so it had that canopy. So I, I leased it from the owner in 91. And so we put it together. It was called Beamers, and it was cute and everything. And then, let me see what happened. In 91, 90, between 91 and 92, I had a hysterectomy. Then in between that, on March the 6th, it was, um, I met somebody. And um, I'm not going to, anyway, I met him. And then I didn't talk to him for a while. He went out of town, and then he came back. And um, he said he was going to come by with some of his friends, March the 6th. Of and this 90. was a romantic somebody, an acquaintance? Just an acquaintance. Really. Okay, yeah. In March 6th of 92. So he came over, and 15 minutes later, I get a phone call from his brother saying, have you seen him lately? And I said, yeah, he's here. And so 15 minutes later, the guy came to my house and rang the, I, had a, I just bought my beautiful condominium in Hollywood. It was so pretty. And he buzzed it and my friend says, oh, let him in, it's okay. I said, yeah, but rumor is that he's going to kill you. Why did you know that rumor? Because somebody came into my, the, the car, you know, my business, oh. you know, was talking about him and stuff. You know, people would just walk in and say so-and-so, so-and-so, yeah. you know, and just people got together. And so <clears throat> I told him, and he said, no, it's not going to happen. So This is his own brother? His own brother's, but his own brother got paid, I guess, from the guy that shot him. Uh, it was like, you know, you let me know if he comes over there, sure. and we'll take care of him. Wow. So 15 minutes later, the guy buzzed, and then my friend says, okay, it's okay. And we were, I was there, and two of his friends and him. So the guy walks in. And my friend gets up to hug him. They were high, they were elementary school friends from another country. They were very good friends. And um, so my friend hugged him. And so, and my friend said, what's your problem? And he said, I want something about money. I'll, to this day, no one ever knows. But he pulled out a gun and shot him in the stomach. Point blank. Point blank. So, and then he kept making him go, you know, walking backwards while my friend was holding him. And he walked backwards into my dining room he shot in the kitchen cabinet there's a bullet hole there and there and then he shot him in the neck and killed him then I ran into the bedroom to 911 and his friends ran one ran in the bathroom one ran into the closet and so he yelled you know yelling at them with a the gun telling them to come out and then he told me to get off the phone and I remember holding his hands like that and I said I just became a grandmother as if he cared you know, because my first grandson was like three months old, and um, you're holding the assailant's hands. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, and he had that he had that pearl handle gun in his hand, and he said, "Give me 15 minutes to carry him out." Are you kidding me? He was a big guy. What are you going to? He hit the the thing Artery, where, the, car, yeah, yeah. where the blood was going everywhere. So then he ran out, and and then the other two guys ran out, and I called the police, and then Hollywood Police Department came. And he wouldn't. He wouldn't put, turn himself in. Johnny Cochran represented him. The assailant. Mm -hmm. And he got off. Because Johnny Cochran got everyone off. Johnny Cochran was good. Yeah. His day. He was so good. I mean, he could. He could. Whatever. Even and though there was an eyewitness that there saw. There were three it. witnesses. Two witnesses went back to the country because they were told, "You better go back, or you will die." He put a contract out on me. And then I moved out. I just left my beautiful condominium and moved to somewhere to Orange County. Did you? 
they didn't keep track of you? I don't know. I went to um, I was I went to court all the time. For one year we went to court. You know, so even court. with an eyewitness, they couldn't. We beyond a reasonable doubt. Who else did it? Right. I didn't. You know, but it really screwed up. My, I mean, my my whole being was all messed up. How do you come back from something like that? I don't. Know, I mean, I had PTSD. Yeah, for I would a long imagine. Time. Yeah. And um, and I moved to Orange County, and it was hard. You know, it was, I mean, and you, you, everybody just kind of stayed away because they didn't know, if, you know, if he was going to find me or whatever, you know, because he would come to the condominium and start trying to get into the building. Not him, but one of his friends. So um, after one year, um, he, he was not convicted. But 10 years later, he hung himself. The assailant. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I heard that. Somebody came into this carpet store I was at, and I said, what are you doing here? And I said, whatever happened to so-and-so? And he said he hung himself huh. at his apartment over in Franklin, Franklin Avenue. Wow. Ten years later. It's just, I mean, it was the PTSD really. I mean, when people say it doesn't, it's not real. It is real. Because there's certain things you just can't be around. You know, big, I mean, like Home Depot makes me out of my mind. It used to. It's better now. Because I went through something about nine months ago and worked through that with a therapist. What did you do? I was in a car accident. And the same thing happened where that guy, when the guy hit me, I was going down Melrose, Ab Melrose Avenue, turning left. And, and he, I watched him and he was going back and forth, you know, trying to get out of the lane that wasn't moving. So as I was going by, he banged into me. So I turned into the gas station. I started yelling, you know, to come over. And he goes, it's your fault. And all of that came back. Oh, man. All of that thing. I said, oh, I was a wreck. I that memory of that same thing with that gun. So I went to therapy within six weeks. I don't know how this woman did it, but it's gone. Did she do the uh, rabbit eye movement one? or No, she did a lot of the breathing and doing this and certain things and talking through it and dealing with other things. And then I, my, my, when I wrote, was writing it, I said, I'm fine. She, said, she goes, okay, and then the next paper, she goes, you're not fine. She goes, you need therapy. I said, okay. So it was six, six weeks of it, and it was like a number 30, like high up whatever, you know, that score of not, you know, being right. And then when, after six weeks, it was a three. So 30 being really the high TSD. Yeah. And, oh, wow. Yeah, so, and it's like, and I said, I said, it's weird because I tasted some whipped cream. It was so good. And I've tasted food that's so good. She goes, Pam, it was always there. It's just with PTSD, it's so down there that you can't deal with it. I never that's realized that. Wow. So she said that when you have PTSD, that normal things, that even sensories mm -hmm, mm -hmm. aren't activated. Wow. It's so weird. I mean, and I was not, and it's the weirdest of the weirdest. I was not a huggy person. I mean, people would come up and hug me, and I'd hug them. Now I hug people, <laughs> and I said it's it's from I, it's from like clearing whatever was there, that I don't know was like a block wall. I don't know what it was. She sounds like a good therapist. She was so good. Is I said, she here in town? <laughs> Glendale. Can we say her name so that she can get some more clients? Heck yeah, her name is Zima Zi. I have to get her card. She was so good. I said, she goes, you know, this is the last time. I said, no, it's not. I'm coming back. <laughs> she goes, you're done. I said, no. I said, I swear I'm going to come in here drunk and delirious, and you'll have to see me. She goes, don't do that to me. <laughs> so, um, but she was good. Well, I'll make sure to put her info on the links page so people can. Yeah, she was so good. I mean, I felt so bad. I, I really missed going there. Yeah. 
you know, she said, you know, unless, you know, she says it was because of the insurance. It was because of the car accident and the insurance that I met her. And I told her, you know, the insurance, you know, I mean, that attorney, I want to go see her. I'm comfortable with her. And they said, yeah, but you can't. I said, I want to see her. So that was that. And I dealt with other things with family and all this other, you know, stuff that's whatever. But um, it was just really, at 74, I just want to be happy. You know, I was happy, but you just want to feel like everything is kind of okay. Do you think you had some stress left over from being raised by your grandparents or your parents? Oh, no. I was so happy being with them. Yeah? I didn't want to go with my parents. I was, I was crazy. I mean, I was, we lived on Cole Avenue, you know, and, you know, where the DMV is now is on Cole Avenue. So we lived in a two-story house. Grandfather, my great-grandmother, and my great-grandfather, who was a tad bit a little different, and, um, and then my grandmother would have pregnant girls staying there. Oh. She had three or four 15-year-old girls that would come there, you know, and they were pregnant. <clears throat> they would stay there. And my grandmother had three or four kids that she'd babysit. One was blind, one was an, another, two, you know, four kids. I mean, she just, I don't know who she, where she found, where they found my grandmother. So it was, it was fun. You know, I love coming home to the kids. I love my elementary school. I just like life. When you say your great-grandfather was a little strange, what do you mean? <laughs> my grandmother, if I sat on his lap, she'd throw him off, throw me off his lap. Really? Because she said, he gets too excited. Oh, was he, was he a pedophile? <laughs> no, he was just, he just liked, you know, women, he liked girls or whatever the hell. But my grandma said, no, 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 don't kiss it. I said, okay, whatever. Interesting. You know, who knows about all that, you know, crazy shit went on, you don't know. Is your family Italian? You seem very... Jewish and Irish. Okay, well, but Italians and Jews, same thing, I feel like. It still have that, you have a very boisterous, you know. Um, when I was 13, my, my grandmother bought a two-story house apartment, a house, two-story duplo, whatever you call it, in Eagle Rock. Mm. And so she said, your, your mother, you're going to be a family. Heck, I didn't want to live with them. I was just happy. You did know. you go? Did you end up? I did, but I said, I'm not, I mean, I don't mean to be n nasty. I didn't call them mom and dad. What for? You know? I love them. I'm glad they brought me into the world. I'm glad they brought my sister into the, you know, but um, I had nothing. I, I talked to my mother maybe 50 to 40 times in my life. Huh. My daughter, thank God, was very close to her. Hmm. My daughter was very, very close to her, my oldest. Was close. close to your mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it made up for it. I said, Stephanie, you know, I would never, I'd like for you to be close to her. I wasn't. I was close to my father, but not my mother. Mm -mm. Why do you think that is? We just had nothing to talk about. It just, there was no nothing. Yeah. I, I just, I don't, it's not that I don't have any good memories of her. I just, it was like out of sight, out of mind. I liked my grandparents. My grandfather taught me arithmetic. He showed me his, we played, you know, had his, his coin collection. It was fun, you know. Some I assume people, they're not still with us, right? Mm -mm, no, but they were fun. I mean, it's just, you know, some people have regrets of, wait, my mother and father didn't raise you. Sometimes it's for the best. Mm. You know, don't get mad, be happy, you know. I mean, sometimes people go to places, but yeah, I just, there was not a lot of love. You know, my grandma, I remember my father would come by Vine Street when I was in kindergarten and he'd whistle. He had a certain whistle. And that was like to say hello or something. 
And he, he meant well, he just, he had a, a crappy upbringing himself. Mm. You know, he had a mother, and the father would always just leave, and he had five brothers and a sister. Are you second or third generation American? Or fourth? What would I be? My mother and father, my grandmother was, my, my father was born in Boyle Heights, and my mother was born in uh, Arkansas. And their parents? My grandmother, my father's mother was born in Odessa, Russia. Okay, so yeah. you're second generation. Yeah. Yeah. I figured it was probably pretty yeah. close Odessa. to that. Yeah. Um, were you around then during the Manson era? Mm -hmm. Do you have any stories about that? I just that? remember, just remember Sharon Tate and all that stuff. And it, at that time it was very sad and how, how Roman Polanski and the whole thing was just so weird. You know, and it was Doris Day's son that was kind of, you know, involved in something there or lived there before in Manson. You know, I, I did, and I remember on Waverly, up the street around, you know, this where the house was, I think they finally tore it down. But it was in like the 60s. But it was something where I was 19 years old. Yeah, you know? well, I mean, that's a time in your life when you really remember things going yeah, on. Yeah, I remember you. the Manson murders and everybody was so crazy and how Karen, you know, um, Sharon Tate, she was so pretty, and I just, I mean, and, and the coffee guy, I mean, I can't remember that, you know, it's just a lot of, fake, you know, wealthy people, and it was just a bad time. There's a lot of uh, serial killers that moved through California mm -hmm. in, the, in the 70s and yeah. early 80s as just well. Just like that Hillside Strangler, you know, the one that he had that, he had a body shop in, in Glendale right on Broadway. For cars? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he was part of the, of the one, you know, he was it was Bono, Bono, I don't remember the name, but it was two guys, you know, the hillside, you know, hillside strangler. <clears throat> Were you scared during that time? Mm -mm. Very, very few things scare me. <laughs> I can see that. You know, <laughs> I just, I just know that, I mean, I just feel sometimes when I worked on Skid Row and it was dangerous, I know that, I mean, I really believe in angels. There were two big guys, it must have been one on one side and the other, because I was threatened, I was, I had things thrown at me, you know, I've had, you know, it's just going up the stairs and you had a lot of different nationalities living there and they'd hit you, they'd slap you on the butt, you know, it's just, it was scary. You know, I'd have to move some, I did earthquake work, I'd have to move some of them away from the wall because that's where we did the work, you know, and they could have been nasty, you know, but you just, sometimes you just, that's their territory. So you kind of find the leader of the pack, you know, and he kind of takes care of you. So if you bring him food or bring him cigarettes or something, he kind of watches you. Watch me. Oh, Skid Row has gotten very intense. Yeah, now it's nice. I mean, now it's got the lofts, it's got all the, you know, the beach. Oh, I was talking about the street that has the, the people in the street. There's yeah. that one row that is just it's tense. Oh, yeah, it's near Salvation Army. Yeah. It's, it's a mess. It's a mess. But where are they going to go? Yeah, I don't know. It's yeah. a good question. And the weather here is good for if you're going to, you know. Yeah. It's very sad, but some of them, you know, like my second grandson was autistic, and a lot of them, I think, had autism. And I don't think anybody knew how to treat that or care or just thought they were, you know, just crazy little kids. They weren't. They had, they needed help. But it was, you know, I just remember certain, certain things. You know, I remember when Marilyn Monroe was killed. You know, she wasn't killed. I mean, oh, OD'd, yeah. Well, she didn't OD. You don't think? Never will I think that. You that think was, that Kennedy's? Was so sad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It was set up. Why, why do you think that is? Because once she sang, you know, happy, happy birthday, birthday to you, she was a dead duck. 
that's how I feel. Who do you think did it? I shouldn't say. Really? I, I mean, I, that's this much time gone by, you don't. I think Jacqueline Onassis. Really? You think Jackie had her? I think off? she was just. I mean, she was embarrassed. You know, I think you know this woman was. I mean, Jacqueline Blatantly. was a top notch. I mean, she was a class act. Yeah. And for Marilyn Monroe, and Marilyn Monroe just wanted love. You know, she didn't want any more than that. She just, but she messed around with the Kennedys, Peter Lawford, that whole crew. You know, and it just. Uh, I think it was a jealous woman. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't. They, I mean, they fired all. They said, I remember they saying they fired her masseuse. They fired this and that. They fired all of them, you know. And all of Marilyn's. Marilyn Rose assistants and everything. Peter Lawford, like, you know, that's what they say in the papers many, many years ago. Interesting. Yeah. Well, I get in trouble saying Jacqueline Nassau. No, not at all. That's no. just how I feel. I mean, you're firstly, you're allowed to have your own opinion. Secondly, I think that ship has sailed. Yeah. <laughs> so, but some people have it saying that it was she killed herself. There's no way. Why do you think she didn't kill herself? Because I don't think she was strong enough to do that. I don't think oh, she wanted to die. I mean, Joe DiMaggio loved her. I mean, and he still, I don't know, to this day, he still, you know, goes takes the flowers. Have you ever been to that Forever Cemetery? Is Joe DiMaggio still alive? No, he oh, a long time but ago. But he, he brought flowers to her grave, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, but um, I just don't think, I think the one she was married to in New York, I can't remember his name, I don't think he was very nice to her. Arthur yeah. Miller, the I playwright. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just don't think he was, you know. She was just like, she just, she, she was harmless. That's all I can say. She was just a harmless person, you know. But she met, you know, she was never going to end up with the Kennedys. Mm -hmm. So it's just, it was tragic, you know. Did you go to any of the big Hollywood scenes when you were growing up? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. My mother did. I mean, she, she knew, I mean, she knew, um, she knew a lot of producers. She met William Holden and she met, you know, all, you know, all the different celebrity actors that came through Paramount Studios, Debbie Reynolds, all of them. Paramount um, was huge. Huge, yeah, huge place. So yeah. she would meet them, you know. You didn't have any interest? Mm -mm. I was, Stephanie was a baby. You know, I had Stephanie at 19 and Kimberly at... You were 19 when you had your first child? Mm -hmm. Stephanie's 55 now. Right. <laughs> and the other one, she's 52, so... That's I, a child raising a child. Uh-huh. But I always wanted kids, so it was okay. Wow. It's something I wanted. I've lost two. I would have four. How did you lose two? Just, one was a tubular pregnancy. Okay. And the other one was just, um, didn't happen. Oh, I'm so sorry. So, I mean, but then to raise four kids and by myself, that would have been hard. That's a lot. Yeah. How have you seen California change? What do you think are some of the most dramatic changes that you've I think been around? people. How so? Because I don't think a lot of people are very nice. You know, they're very, they're, they're very rude and they're texting and they don't pay attention and it's just like it's like they're, they're so isolated I mean you, why can't you just still talk to people you know that's because I guess because I talk to people but people are just into their own little thing mm. you know and I think they treat a lot of older people I'm, I'm part of the gerontology at USC so I go to the meetings there for seniors and everything and I'm always interviewed about have you ever been harassed or abu verbally abused by younger people being a senior? <laughs> no. But a lot of women, a lot of seniors have. Mm. That one woman that was in the bus and they started throwing things at her, she was a senior citizen. 
really, really mean to her. That breaks my heart. Very mean. You know, and some of the kids are just not very nice. I've seen it, you know, so, no. I don't know what's happening. It's very sad. It's just there's no respect. You know, I mean, if I'm walking in sometime to the, my hangout, my donut place, and some some group, some guy walks out, and it just, the door goes in my face, and I, I call him names. I said, you really are a pile of shit. What, what, what is your problem? No respect. Do they respond? They don't say anything. Mm. I mean, I, I, I would kick them if they did. I like to kick. No, just, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's just like, don't treat me like I'm an idiot. I think that the youth in general doesn't realize that eventually they won't be youthful anymore. Right. And one day and, that they will be older. and Yeah, and pray to God that they look good because a lot of them are hunched over now. Because of the phones. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of them... And they have lungs of seven-year-olds because of the vaping. Yeah. <laughs> There's so a, it's, a it's crazy, I feel... That the people who are 18, 19, 20 years old now in another 10 years are going to look like they're mm -hmm. Fast forward. All of you are going to get old. Sure. You know, and I see people, I mean, I remember, I mean, and my dear Led Zeppelin and all of that crew, and, and they're old. I mean, all the sex, I mean, not sex, it's just drugs. You know, and it's like I didn't participate in it. You didn't do any of that stuff? Mm -mm. It just, I don't like to be controlled by something. Mm. So I just, uh -uh. Did you, did you see your siblings? You have a brother and a sister? I have a sister. You have a sister. Is yeah. she very much like you? I'm the complete opposite. <laughs> she was very sheltered. My grandmother and grandmother, you know, kind of kept her, you know, because she had her, I mean, the famous story, she had her appendix out when she was three. You know, and I don't, and every time I, when she came home from the hospital, I wanted to try to walk, you know, have her walk. And, and so my grandmother and grandfather would go in the other room, they'd go in the other room, and I said, come on, walk. And I said, don't cry, because I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> and she would walk a little, then she'd cry. But, you know, she was just very sheltered. You know, it just was completely different. I'm always fascinated by that, when siblings turn out so different from mm -hmm. each other. I was very protective towards her. I mean, anybody messed with her, I'd go after them. You know. You're a tough broad. <laughs> it's just the way that, I mean, when you're raised by grandparents and you have no discipline. You don't have any discipline? None. Oh, yeah, my grandmother one time, because I made my sister cry, she said, she said, go outside and get a switch. You know what a switch is? Yeah, a little stick off a tree. Yeah. So I did it once. She hit me. I said, this is a bunch of crap. Uh-uh, not doing it again. So I did something, and she goes, gets the switch. I said, I got on my little Schwinn bike, and I zoomed up Cole Avenue, turned left on, on wearing at no, on Willoughby, and went to Sam's Liquor Store and got my bubble gum and just cruised back. She, she goes, you remind me to hit you. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, but hmm, no discipline. Did you do well in school? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I had really good handwriting, so they'd always ask me if we did menus, like cooking, you know, like cooking. She goes, you do the cooking ones. I said, okay, I mean, you write the, the, the recipes because she doesn't have good handwriting. What was your favorite year of life, excluding this year that you're living in right now? You know what, every year was fun, mm -hmm. even if it was bad, even if it was a lot of tragedy and sad stuff. Did you have a particularly bad year? I mean, there was a few men that I've been with that are died. Mm, while you were with them? Mm -hmm. Not literally, but... But around them. From yeah. From like 18 years old. No, no. 22, 23 to 35. Seven of them. Seven people died. What yeah. happened? Overdose. Overdose. One, I found him 
over, you know, he had died. He, his mother called me and was looking for him. I said, he's, I think, in the guest room, guest house. She said, it smells so bad there. And he had been dead 18 hours. Yeah, and he was sweet when he was okay, but when he was on drugs, he was a mess. Was My, it her heroin? Or, mm -hmm. yeah. It was heroin in those days. Sure. And it was another one died of, of cocaine, and another one died of, put a magnum in his head. Suicide. Mm -hmm. I don't know what he was thinking. I wasn't with him anymore, but he. we lived in Orange County, and he just, I don't know if he realized he might be, I don't know what the hell. I wasn't with him anymore. He might be what? Gay. Okay. You know, so it bothered, maybe it bothered him because he was so macho and everything, but they called me and said that he had put a magnum to his head. Mm. 27 years old. They're all, they were all under, you know, 35. You know, and it was sad, you know, it's like, I don't tell anybody seven have passed. But it's just, it, and it wasn't like I was a, I was around them, but I was just their friend or a girlfriend, whatever. Mm. You know, but it's seven of them. It's a lot. It's a lot of men. It's a lot of death for yeah. being so young. Yeah, and it was, um, it was sad. It's interesting that you didn't do drugs, mm -hmm. but you were around people that did. I didn't drink or do drugs. And people would say, and people would say, why not? Because I didn't want to. Because I liked, I liked being, I liked my life, and I didn't want. Oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I didn't want anything to control me, and I had kids, and I said, I'm not gonna look stupid in front of kids. That's true. I mean, being such a young mom, I imagine that would certainly. Uh, I mean, it's a big responsibility, and we were divorced when Stephanie was five and Kimberly was two. I'm glad that you had that wherewithal because a lot of parents don't and they just do whatever they want mm. to do regardless. Yeah, I mean, I'm still getting the wrath of God from one of the, you know, from the younger ones sometime, but. For why? <laughs> I didn't do this, I didn't do that, but life goes on, you know? I know what I did. I mean, I know I was a good parent. Maybe I met different people, but at, from 25 to 30, you're gonna meet a s different group. In the 60s, you know, don't know what the hell you're meeting. So, I met them and life goes on. Do you feel you were a parent more like your grandmother? Or? Grandmother would tell my mother to jump down the stairs ah, to yes. abort me. Yeah. Interesting, my grandmother told my mother the same thing. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she said, just jump down the stairs, but surprise, surprise. When I was born, she, I was, it was like 18 hours in labor and all this stuff, but my eyes were wide awake wide open and um and i had some things i had, had they had to put that ice you know on my that, what do you call that ice it's really dry eyes or no the stuff that burns because i had two scars from from being the labor and everything sure is it dry eyes or something? Uh, yeah you're talking about um oh it's it's the stuff that no, uh, oh, it's right on the tip of my tongue. Frozen nitrogen. Liquid nitrogen. There it no, is. No, I don't know. No, it was ice. It was Yeah, stiff. but liquid nitrogen yeah. feels cold. To yeah, the that's touch. what it was. Yeah. So. <clears throat> but, um, and it's not that I didn't like. I just, we had nothing in common. Nothing. Mm -hmm. You know, and I remember going to therapists and talking about what would you like. I said, I wish my mother would have hugged me. You know, and I said, I don't even know why that came out, you know, dealing with the murder, how that came out. Well, it's interesting that you said you, until you released that PTSD, that you weren't a hugger and now you mm -hmm. are. Yeah. So I just, it's just kind of weird. I mean, I make a point of it and everybody says, you hug now. I said, yeah, yeah, it's fun. It's like, it's just weird. Had your mother suffered trauma that you're aware of? She was treated, she was kind of mistreated by my grandmother. 
you know, my grandmother never, never. Your grandmother wanted, that raised you? Yeah, never oh. wanted kids. Okay, I think I got confused. So your grandmother was the one that didn't want kids, but both of them did. Oh, both of them. My and mother they, and grandma. But my grandmother would tell my mother to jump down, down the stairs. stairs. Yeah. But my grandmother, she always told my mother to call her Marie. And not mom. Yeah. And yet your grandmother raised you. Mm -hmm. It's very strange. Completely different. And did it well. Yeah. So she made up for it in a way, you know. Fascinating. She wasn't huggy. My grandmother did not hug. She did not kiss. But she was there. Hmm. And maybe because people, you know, many years ago said, well, you're not affectionate. It's not that I'm affectionate. It's just uh, you were not brought up with that. Certain things. I mean, I remember hugging my kids and this and that. But I wasn't overly because it was just something was foreign to me. You're also of an age group where that's the norm. Mm -hmm. yeah. Honestly, I mean, I think that just set aside the, the the years of the love and the hippie in the 60s yeah. and 70s, just because what, what year were you born? 45. 45, so. Yeah, so that was in the- Historically, world. not a touchy-feely time frame. Mm -mm. No. And my sister was. She was touchy-feely, you know, she was, and she was very close to my mother, hmm. you know, and my father. She would, you know, she would lay all over my father, and, 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 my, and I'd look at her and go, I don't know how How many years apart are you? Three years. So not even that much? Mm -mm. But she just was very close to them. Did your father serve in any of the wars? In Germany. World War II? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, I'm sure that affected him. Yeah. But he never, my father just let everything just kind of, as he said, roll off his, his head. You know, he just, he just went along with things. As a Jewish family, Jewish-Irish, you said, as a Jewish family growing up, he witnessing all that stuff. He didn't practice any Jewish. I understand, yeah. sure, but <clears throat> there, still there's the heritage of being Jewish. Mm -hmm. along right. with, there's the religion of being Jewish, there's the heritage of being right. Jewish. Knowing what was going on, how did, did that affect your family at all? Mm -hmm. No. Mm -mm. Nobody ever talked about it. I have pictures of them. I have a picture of my father when he was in the army. Yeah. He was handsome. He looked yeah. good. Yeah, and my mother and father. Very handsome couple. Very handsome. Were they in love? They really loved each other. They fought all the time. I asked my father, how do you put up with her? And he just said, I'm like a duck. It just rolls right off. <laughs> so he was just, he was very loyal, very devoted to her. He just loved her. You know, 65 years they were together. You know, when he got sick and had a stroke and he was in Glendale Memorial Hospital and they took all the tubes off of him, everything. They said, he'll be gone, you know, probably in a few minutes. And I said, he won't. He's going to wait for my mother. She's going to see him and then he'll leave. And very sad. 2.15 the next day, I took her in there to see him. She kissed him on the cheek and a tear came down and that thing was going like that. And at 2.20, gone. He waited. Mm-hmm. He waited for her. And you could tell the tear. Mm-hmm. Wow. That was sad. Very sad. And my mother just she couldn't live without him. After a year she died. That's very common as well. Mm -hmm. And she really died and didn't die of anything. She just was missed him. Yeah. She was ready to go see him. Yeah. Yeah. They were I mean when I go see sidekicks, he says she's still dancing in front of him. She she liked to do her little Egyptian dance. So he says, your mother doing her little dance in front of him. Without any provocation, a mm -hmm. psychic told you that? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, the one that, yeah, he just passed away, but she says, your father says, your mother says she's sorry. Hmm. She's very sorry. She was not a good mother. And my father said, you know, my father would just, 
the whole time I was there, my father would turn off the lights in the living room. He goes, did your father have a thing about lights being on? I say, he hated lights on. She goes, because he keeps turning off the lights. So, I mean, this guy was really good. Really He's not good. around anymore. He died about a year ago. Mm. It was good. How'd you feel about your mother's apology, posthumous apology? I said, that's nice. You know, I mean, it's, a, it's, you know, it's not long overdue, but it was okay because I understood her. Mm. She was happy just being her. She traveled a lot. She didn't get a lot of affection, hugs, affection from my father. He kind of was, you know, kind of condescending to her sometime. So it's just, they had their life. She loved Paramount Studios. She loved to go to Playboys or Oblats and drink. He would come home and watch TV. That's the way it was. Your mom would go to Playboy and hang out? Not the Playboy. The club. The no, club. no, no, the, the, the bar across, oh. the street from, um, across the street from Paramount Studios. Oh. Yeah, it was called Oblats or Oblats, okay, some bar. She liked to go there because she had her friends there. Sure. She liked that. She never went to Playboy, no, remember that. Oh, I mean. Yeah. Uh, my first boyfriend in, in college, his mom worked at the Playboy Club. How funny. Mm -hmm. She had great stories. I wish I had gotten her on. Is she alive? Is she now? She passed uh, quite a long time I mean, ago. I she probably had great stories. But yeah, she did. My mother was, she, um, now she worked for Paramount Studios. I don't know if she did something else. I don't remember. But I know she worked at Paramount Studios. A lot of them were in the USO. A lot of the yeah. women, you know, were in the USO and stuff. As a, as a person who's been around through a few wars, how did how did that, the Vietnam era... That was sad. That yeah. was very sad because a lot of kids that I went to school with... Died. They died. Yeah, yeah. sure. And they came back so messed up. Mm -hmm. And it was sad. And it was sad because for what? You know, I mean, there's still, you know, a lot of them are messed up. A lot of them will kill themselves. You know, I mean... Yeah, the suicide rate among veterans is yeah, sad. insanely high. Because they just can't, they weren't treated good when they came back. No, the aftercare is, has a lot to be desired. Yeah. It's the VA, and the that's VA. an understatement. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They just didn't care about them. And it's like, what you know, mm -hmm. they went, and a lot of them, not that they even lost limbs, it was more of depression. Sure, well, I mean. They were killing little kids. They were just, you know. I've said this before on this show, and that the fact that, they send troops through a boot camp or military people through a boot camp for a few months to prepare them and there's no aftercare. They don't mm -hmm. they don't send them through another three or four months of let's help you get from where you were now back to society right. again. No way. They just didn't they, they don't do any of that. I mean, and I know the VA does what it can, but it's just it's an it that, frustrates the, me to no end that, and it, that in those happens. days they just didn't pay attention to it. They just thought in their head it would go away. Right. You know, it would just go away and it didn't go away. Mm-mm. You know, and it was, and, you know, there's some kids that I knew from high school. They didn't come back. You know, about, you know, I told my grandson, I don't ever want you to go in service. You don't have to fight for this country. This country, I don't even know what the hell they're doing. You know, so. Yeah, it's a bit of a madhouse these days. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But, it's been an interesting life. What's one of your most happy m memories of being in California, being here? Um, shoot, when I I was in when I was in construction. I mean, having the kids and all that stuff was fun, but you know, being in construction, I liked it. I loved it. Building things. Mm -hmm. and when you drive around town, it must be very. Uh, it's different. Everything is so different. 
Yeah. I mean, downtown LA, LA is different. But some of the buildings you worked on mm -hmm. are still here. Oh yeah, they're just lofts, very expensive lofts now. Yeah, but you wish you would have bought some of those, huh? <laughs> yeah, but um, it just it was just a different time. I mean, certain places I go to, like in Eagle Rock, has changed so much. Mm. You know, I mean, at one time they didn't have all those restaurants in Colorado Boulevard. No way. There's a really good restaurant on Colorado that I like. Lemon Lemongrass, I think it's mm. called. It's good. Casa Bianca's good too. Yeah, I don't get over that way. I live, you know, on the other side, so I don't get over Where'd that way. Right? I'm in Laurel Canyon area. Mm -hmm. But it's good. Then they've, they've been doing stuff to York Boulevard, Figueroa, mm -hmm. Island Park that they never bothered with. Mm -hmm. yeah. There's some really wonderful. I love this neighborhood. It's nice. Yeah. It's nice over here. A lot of people walking around. It's good for younger people. Yes. This building has a lot of younger people. And you can meet people. You know, you just walk around. Sure. And I, I like the, um, it feels old school Hollywood in mm -hmm. this part of town. Right. Which I like. And they dress up and they just, they do whatever. Yeah. You know, it's just everybody has their own little thing. Yeah. It's, it's cute. I mean, it's it's just funny to see couples and they're together and then some of them that broke up in the building, you know, hmm. and you know the next day the father's coming in or the mother and they're bah, 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 taking this stuff out. I told you he was in, you know, it's like, oh God. <laughs> I bet you see a lot of that. <laughs> the minute they're sitting on the brick in front of the building, <laughs> I said, what is happening? We broke up. I said, aren't you glad? She goes, no. I said, he wasn't nice to you. I don't know what you don't get. I watched you, the way he treated you here. <laughs> then three months later, she's skipping along on Franklin Avenue, happy with another person. Yeah. You know, so. I said, cry for five minutes and get it over with. You'll be fine. I think that's a good philosophy. It is because, it, what you know, you learn. I just feel whoever you're with, you learn from them, good or bad. Mm. And then you see, this is what I don't want or I do want. You know, and I've met a few that I don't want. But you have to meet the ones. You can't. It can't be all great all the time. So I said, you meet them, and there's a reason they come into your life. Absolutely, I 100% agree with you. I mean, you don't. You'll, you won't learn what it is that you require or what feeds you in love until you've realized yeah. what kills you right. and starves you in love. Right. And unfortunately, I think many people, uh, we are a planet of seven billion lonely people and it's people would rather be with someone that is ill-suited for them because at least it's a warm body. It's, and it's, it's such a it's an unfortunate thing. But it's but sad it's because you're settling. Do. You know. I know, but I think when people are lonely, it it feels at least like something. And some people aren't good with being alone. It's no, just, they don't. there's a lot of people who don't want to be alone. Yeah. But there's there's so many different places you can go to to talk to people. I mean, you can go to a restaurant and sit at the at the bar at the at the counter. Yeah, you know, meet that's people. the best. I you love know, doing that. You'll meet people, but I mean, everybody says, "Are you alone?" I said, "I've seen couples alone." Absolutely. You know, I've gone places where they're not talking. Yeah. He's reading the paper. So she's so reading sad. the paper, and there's nothing. Well, there's something to be said for people that are so well suited that they can go and don't have to say anything, and they're reading their paper, doing their crossword, or some you know whatever. But it's there's a difference. So mm -hmm. you can tell the couples. What where they have had it, oh, yeah. they're not interested in each other whatsoever, and that that breaks my heart every time. It's very sad, and they do it in front of the kids. I've got my every time I go to the donut place, and you see some couples, and they are not speaking. Get up, let's go. And it's like wow, you know. And, they, and these little kids all feel to blame for everything, 
and they're not to blame for the parents. Yeah. The parents should just leave. You know, I mean, if he does something or she does something once or twice, it's going to continue. And it gets worse as people yeah. get older. So just, Whoever somebody is, that's who they are well, times a they thousand. Are. <laughs> they're not going to change. Yeah. You know, but I'm glad I've learned all this because there's a lot of women my age that are looking for men online or paying money, like the catfish or whatever it is, where they pay money to, you know, for this, they're out in the out of the countries and they say, well, you know. The catfishing of, mm -hmm. yeah, that's sad. And it's sad, and if you don't learn all this stuff younger, sure. you could fall into, they've spent a hundred, you see on Dr. Phil, how much money some of these women have spent on it, and then they find out, this man is married and he's living in Burbank somewhere, mm -hmm. you know, so. I just, I, I understand that women are lonely and I understand it. So are men. People, you know, humans. Men too, you know, People just, are just lonely. And but I, I don't understand how they, some of them have been married 35 years and they say they're so lonely but they're not going anywhere. Because fear yeah. is, uh, is a very powerful force mm -hmm. and they're afraid to be alone or they're afraid right. that they won't have enough, somewhere to live or enough to eat or, you know, won't be able to pay their bills or... There's all sorts of things. And also, I think a lot of people, unfortunately, are raised up in environments where their concept of what love is, mm -hmm. it already from the get-go, is um, unhealthy right. and unreasonable and ill-suited. And they, they don't know because that is what love was for That's them. That's the only thing they're used to. Yeah. They're used to physical abuse. Or mental Verbal. or yeah. no, no nothing. You know? Yeah. I just gave a bunch of stuff to this woman has that works at a goat take drops off stuff to a shelter, you know, and they have a lot of women there with their kids, and then I gave them a bunch of blanket sheets and stuff, and they said because when they leave, they're not going back to the husband, you boyfriend, they're going to an apartment or somewhere, and they need all this stuff. Sure. But sometimes women are gluttons for punishment. Sometimes. Well, again, think, I think they're equating love with something. You know, that he loves me. Sure. You know, by, you know, this and that. Touch is still touch, yeah. even if it's violent. Exactly. And that's unfortunate, but that's the, just the facts. And, you know, when somebody touches you, you know I love you. Okay. <laughs> For people that, that don't align with that, it seems insane. But, you know, that's, that's why therapists have so much work. Yeah. <laughs> and they can usually get it resolved, but some women... It's just their upbringing. Yeah. And, and what's hard is that the children that are in those situations, because what the children are learning is that bastardized version, version of love. And, yeah. and then they will just likely repeat it themselves. And they do. Yeah. Unless they get smart enough to say, you know what, I don't want this. I think that's why you spoke earlier of the people that are in their phones and that ill communication quality that humans have and it's I think I think that we are so lonely but and we're so angry and all these things with the, we don't start with ourselves right, right. If, we, if, if we can be mad at everything in the world and yell on Facebook and <coughs> yell at our phones and do all that stuff then we don't have to touch the pain Right. The minute we get quiet, that's why people don't like being by themselves. They don't want to get to that quiet spot because then they start hearing <laughs> the things in their head, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But it's true. I mean, every, and it's just, see, I guess I can't relate to loneliness. I get lonely sometimes, but I actually <laughs> very much enjoy my own company. Yeah. My thing that I think is so funny is um, when I meet people, I'm like, 
a guy or a girl and I say, oh, let's go to a movie or if there's a group getting together, let's do this or that. And I think people think that you're being, you're sexualizing them or you're trying to hit on us. Like, okay, we can actually have a conversation or go yeah. to food without me trying to have sex with you. It's called friendship. It's called, you know. Very hard work. But people, it, it, but people are very um, uncomfortable with that, mm -hmm. with connection on so many levels. And it is... It doesn't matter where you are, it doesn't matter what city you live in. I think that the, the idea of connecting, that vulnerability is terrifying for yeah. people. Or even to say hello, well, you know, they get afraid, it's just hello. It's yeah. not I want to take you out for a stroll, it's just hi, hello. Yeah. But they get, they just get yeah. funny. Humans are weird. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I just, <laughs> they are. Sometimes they just get, you know, I watch them. I mean, I was very observant and I watch people and I said, wow. Yeah, people watch these the best. Mm -hmm. I love it. But it yeah. does get sad sometimes. Because they're all wanting to be something they're not. And it's just like, an, I don't know, it's not going to work. Yeah. Pam, thank you for your time and you your know. stories. <laughs> <laughs> what fun. do you do now? With this? Uh, I'll go home and uh, I'll take out a couple, if I can, lapping dog noises and uh, <laughs> coughing attacks that I had. And, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> there's one now. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, put it up on the World Wide Web. And then do people, what happens? They listen to it. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. How funny. I would love to get from you as well um, a photograph. It would be fun to get one from you as um, a younger person, 1920, and then now, if if you have it, just I think that would be fun for the poster. Shoot, I have it, but it's in my car. Oh, you don't have to do it right this second. Just you yeah. know, send it over to me when you can. I'll give you my email. You want to see, want to see a picture of my mother and father? I do. I would love that. Yeah. Oh, look at this. Oh, wow. He's a nice looking guy. Super duper handsome. He looks like a movie star. He was handsome, and that was him when I think they were 60s. Oh, so they were so very cute. handsome oh, couple. Gosh, yeah. your mom looks, she looks familiar to me. Isn't that interesting? Oh, they're cute. They've been gone 11 years, my father, 10 years for my mother. Yeah. Huh. A very handsome couple. I mean, I, I like their jeans. I was, I was blessed with nice jeans. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so. May I snap with my phone? I'll take a picture of those yeah. before I leave. Yeah, really cool. She sort of looks like um, my friend Kim Byron. I'll have to show you a picture of Kim. Does she have red hair? Mm -hmm. yeah. Red hair and freckles. Yeah. My sister had the red hair and freckles too. So cute. Pam, thank you so much. You're welcome. Sign off. Bye, everybody, and thank you for listening. <laughs> Cute. <laughs> Bye. Thanks for listening. Rate and review Hey Human on iTunes. Thanks. <laughs>